and welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version. I have with me today a really interesting and inspiring woman, Diana Dunbar-Place, who I met because we both served on a, not a panel, it was a summit, a conference of women that are redefining midlife and it was called Her Story, and it is a global movement to hear more stories of women around the world. And I was so taken by her life story that we stayed in touch and have collaborated on a few projects. And now she's here on my show. I'm so excited. She, oh, are you? Thank you. She is <laughs> the founder. Uh, oh, thanks. She, Diana is the founder of Third Act quest which helps people design the third act of their lives or to work through specific challenges and important transitions in life or in work she's had a really interesting 35 year professional career which you can read about in the show notes uh, but what i'm most interested in for purposes of this show is her work designing Third Act Quest, which is her way of living her passion to support, inspire, and connect people as they create their third act of life and helping to empower optimism versus fear and dread mm. and respect and collaboration versus disregard and disfavor in our culture. So she's also changing our culture and our societal uh, notions of aging through retreats, courses, group and private coaching, special event series, etc., She can help reframe and the experience and perceptions of aging among people of all ages. Third Act Quest is working to shift the experience and perception of aging for individuals in the workplace and in our culture in general, inspiring people to reimagine what it means to grow older. Importantly as well, she wants to help bridge understanding, connection, and mutual support between generations. Mm. So I am so happy that our paths have crossed and welcome Diana. Thank you, Maria. And I have to say, I um, when I first learned of you and your work and through your, um, actually through an introduction through a mutual friend and your amazing book. So I'm just so pleased we have aligned and can't wait to see what, what comes next as we, as we move forward. Thank you so much. And Diana is also a cancer survivor. And mm -hmm. for me that, uh, resonates so much because um, various family members in my life and friends have mm. had cancer and it changes the trajectory of your life, of everyone's <laughs> life and everyone who loves you. So tell me about how your life changed after that diagnosis. So I will say one of the, one of the, and for anyone who can relate directly or um, as you say, have friends or loved ones that um, uh, survive a cancer um, is that it ends up and it has ended up being for me, one of the greatest gifts in a way. I like to say that, you know, until that point um, in time, 
I had been telling myself a bunch of different stories about who I was, what I was supposed to do, what I was supposed to be doing. You know, I, um, I, I, I had been reflecting even before I got sick on the sort of themes of my life. And I saw that there are so many things that served me and so many things that did, but didn't, but still I found myself really, as I call it, dancing on the edges of my passions and never truly being me mm -hmm. and doing what I felt that I could and wanted to do with my life. So it really wasn't, um, I, I call that period of the cancer um, diagnosis and treatment it was in my late fifties. And it was really actually the coincidence of what I call three lightning strikes mm -hmm. in my life in a very, very brief of time as I was approaching 60. And I call them lightning strikes because they literally jolted me awake and mm -hmm. actually, you know, stopped me in my tracks. Um, so I had a cancer diagnosis, pretty crazy cancer that what I'd never heard of and that was quite rare and pretty daunting. Um, and consequentially, I had to close a business that I'd been working on. Um, and I said, giving my blood, sweat and tears for the last four years. Mm -hmm. I also was facing an empty nest, all as you know, all swirling around as I was turning 60. So after and thank God, after I went through a seven month period and had a very successful treatment for which I am ever grateful to the most amazing doctors and dear friends and family for supporting me. But after this point, I said to myself, okay, like, what are you doing with your life? You know, I, I had an interesting business. I certainly loved a lot of what I'd done in my life, but I said, you know, I, I really felt finally clear. Mm. Um, and, and I was filled instead of with regret or like, oh my gosh, why did this happen to me? I was filled with energy and deep gratitude. And I really, you know, and I've heard you use this term for periods of transition in your life. I finally let go. Mm. I, I let go and stopped. I started to shed the armor yeah. that I was wearing and understood who I was and how I really wanted to live. I call it living forward. So, yeah. so I, I, I have become grateful for that defining moment. I, I sometimes wish it didn't have to be that, but for me, it had to be that. Yeah. And I think for many people, it is a big life disruption yeah. that can turn into that turning point. So so that's my that's my story. <laughs> well, you uh, turned me on to this book by Bruce Feller. Oh, Bruce Feller, yeah. Life is oh. in the transitions, and what is the term he uses for those lightning moments? Earthquakes? He calls them uh, life quakes. Life quakes, right, yeah. right. And I um, I agree with a lot in his book, and mm. my life quakes included uh, getting sober. Uh, drinking my way out of a 25 year marriage, mm -hmm. becoming an empty nester and living alone for the first time. And for me too, it took something really drastic to shake me up from the gray sameness that my mm -hmm. life had become. Yeah. So yes, uh, hopefully, I wish I didn't have to uh, go through those <laughs> sorts of traumatic changes, but I am happy and grateful for where I am today. And one of the things that you're doing that uh, not a lot of people are doing, but that 
we all should be doing is mm -hmm. changing societal regard for aging. Yeah. So tell me I, more about that. Well, so, so after I, I healed and I was feeling better, um, I have to say it was fascinating because I started saying, this is a clean plate, a clean slate for me. I want to take the rest of my life. Um, and, you know, I, it's not like I, you know, I, I don't have to work. I have to work. So I got to figure out a way that I can, you know, sort of weave together all the things that are important to me, my values, what I love doing. Um, I, I want to sidebar quickly to this quote that I, um, I discovered earlier in the 90s, but it has become a really guiding <clears throat> force in my life. It was from a poem by Mary Oliver called A Summer's Day. And at the end of it, she says, tell me, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? And the world's wild words, wild and precious, just totally slayed me. Yeah. So I was thinking about that. And I said, okay, this is my third act. So I Googled third act. And the first thing I found was a TED talk, I believe, or a video um, by Jane Fonda ah. talking about her third act. Ah. And I said, okay. Um, I unified this with a sort of thread that had run through my life that had been around wanting to shift the way people thought of themselves. Um, and throughout my life, it changed. You know, when I was young, I worked with a group of women to help young women envision what they could become. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you don't have to be a teacher or a nurse, which is what you know many women did in my my generation. It's like, oh, you graduated from college, or you're a teacher or a nurse. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it was about expansion. So, ironically, it shifted for me now. It's like, okay. I want to change the way people think of aging, not just for themselves, but um, for, you know, for how they can be in the world and mm -hmm. how they can, you know, a lot of us are talking about sustainable energy of all sources. Why not sustainable human energy? You oh, know, the word, well, the word retirement, I almost want to banish from my, I have banished actually from my life. Um, yes. I, people ask me, oh, you have this really interesting business. So what do you, you know, you're in your early 60s. What are you going to do when you retire? And like, what do you mean? You know, I've found, <laughs> I have found what I want to do. Yeah. And it just so happens to unify with a way I am, you know, sustaining my life financially. So like, I mean, I feel like I'm in nirvana because of that. So why would I ever want to stop? You know? So, so, so there, there are, there's a guiding need in me and there's a guiding need in all of us to make some sort of an impact in the world. And so for me, if I can shift on a one-to-one -one basis or in a broader level, how people regard their own aging, or even more exciting for younger generations to look ahead and go, man, I can't wait till I'm in my fifties because then I can really start, you know, focusing on me or shifting the way I look at my life. So I, I am not, you know, per se an anti-ageism activist, though I admire and follow a few of these amazing people that are in that. But I want to work in a way to inspire 
Yeah. And, re, and as you said, reframe the way people think of aging. Um, we're all aging. <laughs> we're, you know, uh, uh, just to throw a statistic and um, not a, a statistic, but moreover, just a fact that we're living longer, you know, compared to our great grandmothers, we're living in like almost 30 years longer. So we've had a lot of interesting time. So it's not, you know, I don't want people to feel like they have to live the well-worn or the well-established belief they may have had when they were younger that it's time to decline and step back. It's actually time to step in as far as I looked. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember one time I looked up how old Aunt B on Leave It, uh, which <laughs> the Andy Griffith. Oh, my God. I love that. Was and she was not old when she played Aunt B, and yet she looked ancient to me. And she, when I was acted, a kid. she had a lot of chutzpah, but she acted ancient, like, oh, yeah. you know, tottering around, you know. <laughs> Yeah. It, yeah. So uh, you're right. I mean, actuarially speaking, we are in our third third of our lives, yeah. but we have so much more living to do. Yeah. And I love how your your offerings in Third Act Quest are fairly varied. Mm -hmm. One can do private coaching or mm -hmm. workshops or special events. And you have these great uh, talking circles that I have participated in. And they're very rich discussions with like-minded women who aren't ready to just fade into the sunset, but yeah. are looking for more. Well, I say it's like, this is your time. I mean, again, you know, not barring certain realistic um, things that can hold you back. Um, I have to say, no matter what financial situation you're in, no matter um, what emotional situation you're in, you can, you are in control of how you perceive your life and your possibilities. You know, I was laughing the other day at myself, but also happy when I was, I was doing some dishes and looking out the window, my husband walked in the kitchen. I said, oh my God, look in the bird, the bird bath, there are two blue birds. And I said to him, this is why I'm happy to be at this place in my life. 10 years ago, even, I think they were pretty, but now this makes me as happy as, you know, a big job success. Yeah. You know, I said, so to me, coming, I, it's almost like coming home to yourself and coming home to understanding the simple blessings of just being alive doesn't require that I live in a big home and have fancy vacations and fancy cars. I, I, just being alive yes. and is, is such a blessing. And that is why there's this thing um, called the U-curve of happiness. That's a graph that on the vertical axis is happiness uh -huh. from up, you know, uh, uh, up. And then on the horizontal axis is age. And they basically have scientifically proven that we're happiest at the beginnings and the ends of our lives. Oh. And that people in their eighties, you know, though lots of physical um, and lots of opportunity have may have been taken away from them. They're still, they're finding great joy. So that, that to me is, I'm, I feel like I'm living that. And, and I'm hoping I was thinking about you and your amazing book of your, you know, 50 after 50, 
I'm assuming, and I'm, I'm seeing in you too, that same sort of coming home and excitement. Yeah. It's the, the whole definition and notion of happiness has changed for me in midlife to be something more, more deep and longer lasting than kind of the excitement junkieism of my youth. Okay. <laughs> well, and it's like, and like we're doing now, I say to my friends that I just cherish so much, really strip it all away. It's about connection, finding connection with other mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and, you know, connection to yourself and like yes. who you really are. Meaning. You know? meaning as well. So tell me, uh, what is it that you do to become your best version? Well, to me, it's really keeping, I I, I say I have this inner GPS, you know, if I'm on a life's journey, I call this thing inside of me, my inner GPS, and it's built on um, a lot of the work, you know, a lot of the work that I do in the workshops and with coaching I've done with myself, which is why I'm here and, and wanting to share it. But I'm really in touch with what I believe about myself and what I believe and what I hold as values that are sort of critical and also what my vision of what I want to experience in my life. And I put that all together, you know, as my internal GPS. So if I'm traveling around considering opportunities, considering decisions, if I I find myself off track, like all of us sometimes, but that GPS is sort of like you're your car GPS going, take a U-turn. You know? <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I feel that that keeps me, I, you know, I call my best self, my true self. So it keeps me in line with who I am. And that to me is just thrilling to feel that I am in control of that. That's and- beautiful. I love that. I love that. You definitely have come for full circle to discovering yourself. And that's a beautiful message for our listeners to discern that inner GPS and follow it. Be aware of what it's telling you. Trust your intuition, which is something I didn't do until I turned 50. You just got to honor it. And also, um, I also collect quotes for people and I'm not going to remember this one, but there's a Martha Graham quote the Washington Post, that in essence says, there is only one unique you. It's not up to you to judge it and to see if it's good enough, but it's up to you to make sure it exists and make sure you let it open and give it to the world. And just that whole feeling of, of just honoring and not comparing and not judging yourself is is huge um, for us, I believe. Those are huge rocks that we all take time to learn how to drop them. But I'm really (laughs) grateful that I have my uh, self-judgment and allowing the judgment of others has come down to a little pebble that I'm (laughs) learning how to fully get rid of. But you told you told one story that you may have shared on your podcast before, but the time one of the things on your list in your book was to to have a motorcycle. Oh, yes. Tell me again to the day you ran into someone who was a 
a, another mother at your kid's school who yeah. judged you and how how you that interaction went I oh that. yeah I could feel her mouth dropped open as I went by on my motorcycle so I pulled <laughs> over and uh she said Maria is that your motorcycle and I said <laughs> yeah it is I'm just practicing turns and she I said yeah my kids are horrified and she said well so am I <laughs> and I could feel the mantle of shame descending upon my shoulders and I talked back to it in my head and I said shame you are not welcome here love so I turned to her and I said well gotta go and I full throttled away I and had this vision of your hair flowing yes, behind you. <laughs> yes, and I practically wheelied away. And that was a sea change for me to not give away my power in the way I had in my previous life. So thank you for reminding me of that. that oh, was- I, it really struck me. I love that story. <laughs> thank you so much. And uh, I know that uh, you are traveling right now. And thank you for being uh, with us today and sharing with them. I'm happy to be. And if you want to learn more about Diana's work, go to thirdactquest.com or check it out in our show notes. And I am sure we will be talking again soon. Wonderful. Thanks, Maria. Have a great day. Wonderful day. Right.